Throughout the course of Acoustic Tuesday history, I've gotten tons of questions about my guitar snow. What's in it? Why do you choose the guitars that you choose? How many guitars do you really have? What's so special about each one? Well, today we're gonna open that can of worms. Yes, over the course of the next few months, we'll be digging through my guitar arsenal. And I thought I would start that journey with two guitars that I was supposed to hate. Two guitars with my least favorite tone wood, or so I thought. Hey, TAC family, this is episode 282 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more fulfillment, progress, and joy from your acoustic guitar journey. Throughout today's episode, I'll be sharing with you some acoustic news you can use, which includes the finding of a mythical guitar, a batch of guitar funnies, and much, much more. Plus, you're going to meet TAC family member Michael E., who draws an interesting parallel between learning software and learning the guitar. I cannot wait for you to hear that. But first, let's dig into my guitar snow. As I mentioned, I've been getting so many questions about my guitar snow. What's in it? Why did I choose these guitars? How many guitars do I have? Etc. 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 Well, I figured we'd start digging through my guitar snow today. And I wanna do this in a way that's beneficial to you. I wanna share the specs of the guitars. I wanna share how these guitars sound. And more importantly, I wanna share with you why I chose them because it might help you choose a guitar for yourself. I don't want this to be some sort of show and tell, nana nana boo boo, look what I have. I want this to be truly informative for you. So that's the lens that I'm looking at these guitars through. And of course, I'm biased because I did choose them and I do love them. So today I thought we'd start out with two guitars that on paper I wasn't supposed to like, but I ended up falling in love with. Both of the guitars that I have for you have maple back and sides. And I've said this time and time again, I don't really like maple as a tone wood. That's just a lie because I have two guitars, two really fine guitars that use maple for their back and sides. So let's go ahead and do this in a, um, rather strategic fashion. I'm gonna tell you what the guitar is, I'm gonna share with you what the specs are, I'm gonna share with you the story on how I got it, and then I'll share with you why I chose the guitar and specifically cite what it's good at. So first and foremost, let's have a look at this Huss & Dalton L13 Crossroads Deluxe. <music> Let's talk specs on this L13 Crossroads Deluxe. You've got a Sitka spruce top sitting under a beautiful sunburst finish, a Firestripe pickguard, a four inch sound hole that's bound on the interior with cream binding that matches the binding all around the body, rosewood bridge, bone saddle on the back, the star of the show, a beautiful, beautiful flame maple. Uh, flame maple on the back and the sides. Uh, you've got a maple neck as well, rosewood fingerboard with what they call 27 style inlay, very much resembling the old Nick Lucas guitars. That cream binding continues on the neck. We've got an inch and three quarter bone nut, solid headstock, three on a plate tuners, uh, really cool what, fleur de lis, fleur de lieu, fleur de something, uh, headstock inlay, and um, 
I gotta tell you, this guitar is so great for finger style because of the specs. Uh, you got a nice wide string spacing towards the saddle, two and five sixteenths of an inch, I do believe. And the body is just over four and a half inches deep. So it's a deeper bodied guitar. Now, I wanna tell you how I got this guitar and where I got this guitar, but first, let's go ahead and listen to it again. So I got this guitar at Heartbreaker Guitars in Las Vegas. I was actually there on a family trip, and usually all the dudes get together and go to the guitar store. When I say dudes, I mean my brother-in-law, Connor, uh, my brother-in-law, Kyle, uh, my father-in-law, Mike, and myself. We go to Heartbreaker Guitars, and we usually clear out much of the afternoon to try out guitars and just hang out with Brendan and Jace. Now, I got into the, the Heartbreaker shop and I kind of do some pre-shopping, of course. I check out the website. And I saw this guitar, and I thought it looked cool, but I looked at the specs, and I was like, not my jam. Small body, maple back and sides. I'll take a pass. So we went to the, to the shop. I tried, I don't know how many guitars, Santa Cruz, Ferk, you name it. I tried a bunch of different guitars. And this guitar was just kind of sitting in the corner. And then right before we left, I was like, I'll give that one a shot. And I actually started flat picking on it, and I thought, okay, this guitar is speaking pretty loudly, pretty clearly. And then I started finger picking on it, and I thought, okay, I'm really digging this. It's comfortable to play, and the sound just grabbed me. It's just so crisp and so clear. It's perfect, perfect for finger picking, finger picking. It's perfect for finger picking. And um, that's, that's what made me get this guitar. Now I wanna dig into some more details about the sound, but first let's go ahead and listen to another sample. this guitar to my guitar arsenal because of the sound, strictly because of the sound. And well, aesthetically, it looks pretty cool too. But in terms of playing fingerstyle blues, playing a ragtime guitar, this guitar fits the mold perfectly. You get this wonderful, crisp, clear articulation because of the maple back and sides, but it's not puny. It has some body because of the thicker body depth. And what I really like to do with this instrument is dig in. And you'll hear that. You probably heard that already as I played it. I love digging in on the bass and really thunking those bass strings because the guitar can handle it. It's not all mushy. It's not all cloudy sounding. It's very clear. It's very distinct. And it's so distinct, I can even lower the tuning by a full step, which is something I really like to do. Uh, and this guitar still stays composed, 
which I think is a sign of a great blues or ragtime fingerstyle guitar. If you can lower that tuning by a full step, get some slack on those strings at an already shortened scale length, 24 and three quarters on this one, you tune that sucker down, the strings just feel sloppy and floppy, but it's still composed. It's just so cool. Let's go ahead and listen to a sample of that. to mention that the strings I use on that guitar are Elixir NanoWeb lights. I don't know why, it seems to be a good match for that guitar, so I'm gonna stick with it. Moving on to the next guitar from my guitar arsenal, the Custom Martin OM, I like to call it the Tuxedo guitar. This guitar has a great story, but first, let's listen to it. So the specs on this guitar, I'm gonna do these from memory. I'm not sure I'm gonna nail each and every element, but I'm gonna try my best. We've got an Italian Alpine spruce top. We've got bird's eye maple back and sides. Uh, beautiful, beautiful bird's eye maple back and sides. And I cannot wait to tell you the story behind this. Uh, you're gonna hear some rattling around. There's a, there's a pickup wire in there from a disconnected pickup. So no worry, the guitar's not broken. Uh, underneath the hood, quarter inch scallop bracing. You've got an ebony bridge with a drop-in saddle, a beautiful beveled pickguard, and this wonderful custom diamond rosette. I believe this, this rosette was used on the white and black Clapton models, and I wanna say it's also used on maybe a Mark Knopfler signature guitar. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, this rosette grabbed my eye, so I thought, we're gonna put that on the guitar. You'll notice the purfling around the top is all mother of pearl. It's not abalone. Usually the purfling around the top, this border edge, is abalone, but I opted for mother of pearl because I wanted to go for a high contrast situation, i.e. the black binding, the light maple back, the light spruce top with the black uh, uh, ebony bridge, etc. And then uh, the neck, I don't know if you saw that on the first flip, the neck is also maple with an ebony stringer down the center. The fretboard is of course ebony with the Foden style inlay, very minimal, very um, stately 
uh, that's that's what I'm trying to do with this guitar is be stately. Uh, and then we have an inch and three quarter bone nut set at an angle, vintage spec, uh, solid headstock with a unique Martin inlay at the top. You know, this is kind of a, a 45 style inlay, uh, at least the headstock inlay where it's usually CF and then Martin down the center. Uh, this is just the Martin down the center. And I've, I've gotten this question a lot, like, is that really a Martin? It kind of looks fake. Yes, it is. And at some point in their history, they did this Martin logo without the C and the F. And I don't exactly know when, but but they did it. Uh, so that's why it's on here. Uh, Waverly tuners with ebony buttons, again, to kind of stick to that high contrast theme. I can't wait to tell you the story behind this guitar because it's a really fun one. But first, let's go ahead and hear it in action again. designed this guitar, but I did not design it for me. I had no intentions on purchasing this guitar. When I worked for Music Villa here in town, uh, the owner, Paul Decker, and I went out to the Martin factory. One of the best trips of my life. Paul, if you're watching, thank you so much for that opportunity. It was a serious high point on my guitar, in my guitar life. So we go to the Martin factory and we pick out woods for custom guitars. Paul said, hey, you get one guitar, do whatever you want with it, you know, to sell in the store. And I was like, oh, this, this is going to be so much fun. So I'm in the custom shop. We're talking options. Designed this guitar. I wanted to be high contrast, white and black. And the only way to achieve that was with maple back and sides. So immediately I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to be interested in this instrument. So we designed the guitar. Six, nine months later, however long it takes, the guitar shows up in Music Villa. And I'm like, that's a that's a beautiful instrument. That is an absolute striking instrument. Job well done, Tone. You, you, you did the job. It looks beautiful. Well, I took the guitar down to the studio to review it. And after spending some time with it, I was floored by its sound. Floored by its sound. And uh, I just, I couldn't believe it, right? I wasn't supposed to like the guitar, but 
lo and behold, I did. And uh, I think you've heard why in some of the samples already, but if it's not clear, here's another beautiful sounding sample from this guitar. So why did this guitar make it in my guitar arsenal? Well, let's actually back up a little bit. I didn't purchase the guitar the day I did that review. It actually took me about a month. And finally, I thought to myself, I need to buy this guitar before somebody else does because I'm gonna be crushed if this instrument leaves the store not in my hands. So I ended up putting this on layaway for, I don't know, it was a long time. Put it on layaway for a long time. Ended up getting the guitar finally, and I am so happy it's in my guitar arsenal. Why do I love this instrument? This instrument stays composed in a wild array of alternate tunings, and I'm talking low tunings. In fact, one of the songs that you'll hear, in fact, I'll play it after, after I describe it here, is the tuning is C, G, D, G, B, C. So it's a very low tuning, but this guitar still stays composed. Yeah, there's a little bit of like rattle on the fretboard because the string is so low, but I'm talking sonically. The guitar still allows each of the strings to speak. Between the responsiveness of the Italian spruce top and the beautiful denseness of the bird's eye maple, I feel like it's just a match made in heaven because I can tune this guitar low, dad gad, open D, that open C tuning I was talking about, and each string speaks so clearly and I don't have to play it that hard. And it's a bit of a Swiss army knife because I can flat pick with it as well. And again, it still stays composed. So I really like this guitar in lower tunings. Very seldom do I ever have it in standard tuning. Usually it's at least in drop D, open D, dad gad, or some even lower C tunings as I mentioned. So all in all, I'm so happy this guitar is in my guitar arsenal and it has a very specific use. This is an alternate tunings only guitar. Now as for strings on this guitar, I've got the Santa Cruz mid-tension strings on it because I like to mess with the tunings and those strings seem to hold up with that longer scale length, 25 and a half inches.
figured I'd wear the all-star jersey since we're looking at uh, the all-stars of my guitar snow. I don't know, I know it's a pretty lame connection, but I'm pretty pumped about the jersey because it reminds me of when I used to watch the All-Star game as a kid. That's a whole side story. What I wanna know from you is what did you think about those two guitars? Which one did you like better? And probably more importantly, what other guitars from my guitar snow are you looking forward to seeing? Do you wanna see the Dreadnoughts? Do you wanna see the vintage ones? Do you wanna see the oddballs? What should I do for the next segment on my guitar snow? I wanna pick two or three guitars at a time, so if there are any specific ones you wanna see, let me know in the comments below. And furthermore, if there's anything you're curious about or anything more you'd like to know about the guitars, you can ask me that in the comments as well. Okay, let's dive into your first dose of acoustic news you can use. And this first thing is just we're gonna lighten the mood. It comes from Music Is Win. It's hilarious. It's a meme about buying more guitars. It involves footage of Johnny Depp. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm not going to describe it. You're just going to look at it right now. No, I can't. That's a... No. Once you've been bit, you'll be bit again. <laughs> Every time I see that, I laugh more and more. Because if I had a quarter for every time Whitney said, you need to stop buying guitars, you have a problem, I would be like, I would have an estate with like a butler and uh, a grounds crew and like a team of people to like pick out my clothes and stuff. I don't want that. I just thought it was, it was very lavish, which is why I said that. Anyways, I thought that was absolutely hilarious because from the body language to the response, that's pretty much how I answer that question as well. Okay, next up is uh, a new segment from Chicago Music Exchange called Showroom Sweep. Now, I don't know if they, they plan on continuing this, but this first one was with Nathaniel Murphy and Joel Patterson. Essentially, the subject of the show, in this case, Joel Patterson, gets five minutes to run around Chicago Music Exchange and pick out three pieces of gear that are dream pieces of gear, and then they sit down and explain and talk about why they were chosen. I thought that this episode was awesome. I watched the entire thing. Let's look at a brief snippet of it right now. Right, let me just turn this on. There you go. We're good. All right, so, all right. Uh, folks, joined by Joel Patterson, of course, the incredible Joel Patterson. We're very close, as you Never can see. Never heard my name pronounced like that. Well, how did you say that exactly? See, this is you my said that too fast. Patterson. 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 Patterson, that's good. The way you say it makes it sound good. Patterson. Patterson. Right. Pa as in Peter Pat. Just don't say it too fast. I no, I'll try not right. to. Try not to. What are you doing? What am I doing here? Yeah. I'm loitering like I always do here. That's. <laughs> I'll tell I you. I always run into you and you're loitering. Except you kind of work here, I think. Kind of. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't yeah. ever figure kind it out. Of. You're going to choose any three items you like. So it could be an amp, could be an acoustic, electric, combination of any of those things. Okay. Just have fun, and then we'll go downstairs. We'll chat about why you uh, why you picked them up, why you grabbed them. Great. So, what what exactly is downstairs? What does that mean? Well, you'll before see. I agree to that, okay. You'll see. You'll see. Sounds mysterious. In three. Yeah. Only when I say go. Three, two, one, toe. Almost had you there. <laughs> Almost. Three, two, one, go. I can't understand. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going. All right. Boom. Done. We're in. It's right. done. Wait, no. <laughs> it's a whole wall of Les Pauls. How do you even choose one? I don't know. Five. Take your pick. They all look good. Just break it. Just break it. Go on. Just kick it. Hey, do you want me to give you? Hang on. Yeah, let's get that one. Who's the sicko that put this in drop D? Was that I, you? Jerry Reed? Were you playing Jerry Reed in drop D? Uh, maybe. I was All playing right. guitar, man. 
All right, there we go. Take so it to the basement. Take one. it to the basement. All right. Chicago Blues meets British Crunch. That's it right here. That's Chicago Blues meets Chicago British Blues. Crunch. Is that a style of pizza? <laughs> That's you. Think? That's you right there. I like this one. It's got one. It's just got one knob. One knob. No uh, on switch even. There you go. What I got to pick a Gibson. Gibson versus Fender, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. I think you could shave a couple of we seconds off. We have one second off. We have one second. <laughs> right, so we made it to the basement uh, with your items of choice. Okay, this next one is just plain cool. I'm going to give you the synopsis, and then you have to go read the full article. Here's the synopsis. Somebody places an ad in Vintage Guitar Magazine selling a Gibson ES250. Somebody answers this ad and ends up purchasing said Gibson ES250. The purchaser later finds out that said Gibson ES250 just so happened to be owned by Charlie Christian. So this ES250 then becomes cemented as a very important guitar in musical history. And I believe the purchaser didn't know it right off the bat. It's such a cool story. You got to check it out. I found it through Reverb. So go to Reverb.com, check out the story. Man, it is so cool. It's just... I, I love it when things line up like that. It's just so cool. You can't even make this stuff up. It's just, I, I don't know. Cool is a really lame descriptor, but it's what I'm going to use. Uh, next up, I got a song for you. You got to check it out. Uh, Jody Carroll. Okay, first of all, you got to know Jody Carroll. A fantastic finger picker, a fantastic banjo player. He's a great slide guitar player. He is the blues. Jody Carroll is the blues. He also happens to be a big John Fahey fan, and a song that he recently released entitled Funeral Song for John Fahey definitely captures the American primitive vibe. Here it is. more cute little guitar cartoon. You've got the organs of the human body and the lungs say, I breathe air for you. And the heart says, I pump blood for you. And the liver says, I filter waste for you. And the brain says, buy another guitar. I thought that was awesome. And it really goes back to that music is win thing with Johnny Depp. Oh, full circle moment. Uh, that's That wraps up your first dose of acoustic news you can use. Now I want you to meet TAC family member, Michael E. Michael E started playing guitar in 2019, just when he started Tony's Acoustic Challenge. And I had the chance to interview Michael, interview, what weird emphasis right there. I had the chance to interview Michael during the last Tony's Acoustic Challenge 90 day progress party. And we had a great chat. And one of the things we chatted about was how Tony's Acoustic Challenge has impacted his guitar journey. And he said some really wonderful things about the program, but also how it helped him and how frustration can seep in, and that when you feel frustrated, chances are you're doing something right. Here's what Michael had to say. You know, uh, I've always wanted to, and you better do it now while you still can. 
walked into a guitar store, didn't know what I was doing about a guitar. And I was kind of frustrated because I didn't know what to do next. And then somehow I found tack and, uh, you know, I've got a long way to go, but your idea of keep it fun. And if, if something's boring, don't do it, but at the same time, keep at it. Uh, Cause like in the group breakout a minute ago, the, the two people were brand new and I kept telling them, you know, yeah, you, your, your words of, of don't get frustrated. If you're frustrated, you're probably doing the right thing. Just keep at it. And I've noticed that I was frustrated, but I'd, I'd come back to something like the, the 30 days to get started. Every once in a while, I go back and just do that again. Mm. And every time I go back, I'm a little bit better. Um, uh, so, again, I'm not to the point of songwriting. I can barely play a few songs, but it's just fun. Um, at my age, I have arthritis pretty bad and a, and a very messed up shoulder. And so some days it's not so much about mm, playing a song as it's just making music. Uh, musical sounds that are pleasing and it helps my arthritis to move my hands around sure um, so you know my, my my goal is to uh my, my problem has been my shoulder and you made me feel better about everybody else oh you got to learn to play rhythm you got to learn to strum you got to do so many beats per minute and it's like man there's days when my shoulder hurts so bad i just can't do it but yeah watching tack was like oh wow there's a bunch of finger picking stuff i can do that and it doesn't hurt it's fun Funny thing, I bring Michael's interview up on today's episode because he modeled a custom Martin after my OM tuxedo. I thought that was a pretty cool guitar geek connection. Anyways, I asked him about deciding to start the guitar because he started at an older age. And I asked him, was it intimidating? You know, how, what was the lead up like? Because for me, I remember, I always equate things going back to, to returning to play hockey after years and years and years. And for me, it took me like five years to swallow the idea that I might actually play hockey again. But Michael had a little bit of a different experience. When I asked him how intimidating was it when he decided to go purchase a guitar, here's what he had to say. I think it was more of a, I just made up my mind and said, I'm gonna do this. Um, no, yeah, trust me, I walked in three or four different stores and it was super intimidating, especially when um, the other people in their plan are like, oh my God, these people are professional artists. What am I doing in here? Um, they're going to laugh me out of the store. Um, but, you know, you get through life like, you know what? I, I don't know what I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to do this. Um, and in fact, I, I did walk in. I was going to buy a classical nylon string guitar and, and um I went to several stores and see how they treated me. And the one store where the guy was nice to me and actually talked to me, ended up uh, taking a few lessons from him, um, talked me out of a nylon and, and, and got me into a decent steel string. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was just, a, if I don't do it now, I never will. So I got to do it. One of the other things that Michael and I chatted about was how frustration can start to creep into your guitar journey, whether that be from injury, whether that be from not being able to do something. And I asked, I asked him, I said, Michael, what is, how do you keep that frustration at bay? How do you get through those frustrating days? And he had just wonderful perspective on the instrument and the sound that it makes. And what carries him through is quite simply the sound. He has a much more eloquent way of saying it. So I'm gonna cue that up here right now. But we also talked about the 10 minute rule, playing for 10 minutes a day. And he had said something that really was a light bulb moment for me. He used to sell software and he would tell his clients to learn a new feature for 10 minutes every single day. And the way he describes it, it's a perfect parallel to guitar playing. Again, I'll go ahead and let Michael speak. Just 
uh, the sound uh, makes me feel good. And, and don't get me wrong. I have days when, you know, things hurt too bad or work is sure. much of a pain in the ass. And, and I mean to, and I mean to, and I mean to, I get the guitar out of the case and I set it up and I just never touch it. And by the time I get to, the, okay, I'm done. I can go to it. I, I just, I can't, I, I, I miss it. So that's for, to me, the most frustrating thing is missing a day as opposed to getting started uh, to pick gotcha. it up. Um, part of the way I, I, I appreciate the routine. In fact, I appreciate your, your uh, bit about spend 10 minutes every day because for years, I always told people I sold software. I told them the exact same thing starting 30 years ago. Spend 10 or 15 minutes every day, learn one new feature. Um, if you do that after a couple of months, guess what? You want a whole plethora of new things that you never thought. And now you're using more of the software than you ever thought. Um, and I, I, to me, the analogy with software is, and the stuff changes all the time. There's always something to learn. And what people tend to do is they learn something, they figure out a way to do it, and then they don't want to change. And it's like, but, but it keeps changing. You've got to change. Um, so that, that resonated with me. Thanks to Michael for sharing his guitar journey with us. And thank you to Michael for being a member of the TAC family. And speaking of the TAC family, let's go ahead and see what they're working on today. Every single week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, we rotate through the five essential skills to learn any song on the guitar. Mondays is a technique challenge, Tuesdays a guitar lick challenge, Wednesdays improvisation challenge, Thursdays rhythm guitar challenge, and Fridays a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The TAC family is working on a guitar lick, but they're not. Actually, this week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, the TAC fam is going through a five-day pinky strengthening challenge. And here's what they're working on. Your Tuesday TAC Guitar Lick Challenge is entitled Getting Along With Others. And it's really less of a guitar lick and more of a fretting hand challenge and strength builder. Let me go ahead and play it for you so you know what it sounds like. Yeah, it's probably the most amusical thing you'll ever play on the guitar. But musicality is actually not the point. The point is to target the pinky and the ring finger and get them stronger, get them more confident. So when you play a scale or you play a chord, you can use both of those notoriously weak fingers with a little bit more confidence because, well, they will have a little bit more strength. I'm gonna dig into some variations of this here in a moment, but first, TAC fam, if you wanna learn this note for note, please log in. This is your daily challenge. Click Start Challenge, that'll take you directly to the teaching video. Once you get it under your fingers, go ahead and move to the play along video where you can adjust the speed to something that's comfortable for you. And of course, you can click on that tab icon. That'll open up the tab in a separate window and you can pair it alongside the video so you can see both things while you're learning. Okay, so why would we use this? You know, what's, Tom, what's the point of this? The point of this is to isolate your ring and your pinky finger and build strength. Get them comfortable working together get them getting along well with one another. There's a weird thing that happens. Now, I'm no physical therapist, but moving your pinky and your ring finger independently alongside one another is very difficult. And I'm sure it has something to do with the musculature of your hand. I don't know the exacts, but all I know is my experience. And my experience is that the ring and pinky, well, they just have stubborn tendencies. So for this, all we're doing is bouncing between the ring and the pinky. 
do that on the ascending, going from low E to high E, then we move from the high E to low E, starting on the pinky and then moving to the ring. On paper, it's not that difficult, but in terms of execution, it is hard on the fretting hand. I'm maintaining an alternate pick stroke throughout this entire thing. And if you're doing this and thinking, gosh, that's really difficult. There are some variations that you can use to still get the benefits from this challenge. And that is this. Number one, slow it down. Slow it down entirely and take your time moving from one note to the next. This could be brand new for your fretting hand. And I don't want you to go right out of the gate. I mean, it's that whole walk before you run thing. If you try and run, you're just gonna stumble. If you try and play this fast after not having done it ever, you may stumble. So please, just slow it down. This isn't a race, there is no gold medal. This is just simply getting strength between your ring and pinky finger. The second thing that I want you to use in case this isn't jiving with you is I want you to switch the location. Down towards the nut or the headstock of your guitar, the frets are further apart. It's just the physics of the scale length of your guitar. Whereas if you move towards the body of your guitar, you can visually see that the frets are closer together. So why not make it easier on your fretting hand if this first position is difficult? Go ahead and move it to the, gosh, you can move it to the, the, the 11th and 12th fret. That'll give you a little bit less room to travel and really allow you to focus on proper fretting technique and just getting this under your fingers and using the ring and pinky finger. Okay, please just adjust this as you see fit. And I gotta tell you, this is something that will truly benefit your playing, whether it's your guitar solos using scales, whether it's your chord playing, even when it comes to bar chords, you'll be amazed at the impact this has. Now on that same note of having an impact, I wanna talk about the 10 minute rule because 10 minutes is a long time. 10 minutes is a long time to focus on one single thing. So I wanna challenge you right now, after the show is over, uh, to take 10 minutes and play through this exercise. Use a metronome, take it at varying speeds, switch its location on the guitar neck, spend 10 focused minutes on this challenge because I want you to see how far you can come in 10 minutes, and I also want you to see how long 10 minutes is when you actually focus on a single solitary thing. In the scope of a day, 10 minutes isn't a lot. And a lot of times people give me flack for saying, well, you can't get better at guitar in 10 minutes. I disagree 100%. You can get better at guitar in 10 minutes. You can make strides in 10 minutes. You can achieve progress in 10 minutes, especially when you consistently show up and spend 10 minutes. But just for kicks right now, I challenge you, set a timer for 10 minutes, work on this challenge, and see just how far you can get. It might be increased speed, it might even be increased strength in the small span, the small window of 10 minutes. On to your second dose of acoustic news you can use, and we're gonna kick things off with a story from 1985. Yes, super current. Now this is kind of a flashback thing, and it's, a, it's an interview with Paul Reed Smith talking about the company's initial success. And I just think it's so cool to keep things in a perspective. I think so often we look at these larger companies and almost get disconnected from the fact that at one point they started from nothing. And it's really cool to keep that in a perspective. So here's that clip. In retrospect, it's almost unfathomable what we did in the very short amount of time that we did it. In November, we 
got about, I don't know, two or three hundred thousand dollars of the orders. Went to a trade show, took more orders, said, hey, we're going to ship. Raised a half a million dollars the following month, closed the deal, built the factory, and shipped guitars that August. So from November to August, I mean, in November, we didn't know we had any money. We just had two prototypes. And in August, we were shipping guitars. The Modest Mavis. Are you familiar? Okay, let me get you up to speed. Mule Resophonic Guitars. They make a tricone resonator. Awesome guitar. They make a Mule Caster. Awesome guitar. They make a Mavis. Awesome guitar. Now, they make the Modest Mavis. Here's the description. The Modest Mavis. 2700 bucks. No wait list. Buy it when you need it and put it to work. The first four sold in two minutes and the fifth, ten minutes after that. It's always a bit scary trying something new. Thanks for being part of the story. So here's the deal. You know, if you order a Mule guitar, you're going to wait, plain and simple. It's a small shop, they gotta make the guitars. But with the Modest Mavis, what they're doing is making a finite amount every single month. And they are just up for sale at the beginning of the month. So you gotta act quick. And these guitars are rad because it's like a Mavis, but with no controls, no frills. It's a different musical tool. Here is Matt describing the Modest Mavis. Our greatest joy in building instruments is getting you a musical tool that you find new sounds in, you make different musical choices, you write new songs, you meet new people, uh, you make new relationships, and this is going to be a tool that we use to continue to do that. This is going to be $2,700. There's no wait list for it. We're gonna make a certain amount each month. We'll put them on the website, first come, first serve, buy it, put it to use. Um, we're trying to be creative in ways to get instruments to new people and this is how we're gonna do it. So there's um, kind of the standard uh, version of this guitar is there's no binding on the neck or body and the back of the guitar is flat. It's not gonna be carved like the standard Mavis um, and also no knobs <clears throat> so um, the no knob thing your amp has lots of knobs okay you can control the tone and the volume on the knobs the advantage with not having knobs on the guitar is you get a more transparent um, airy sound to it it's a noticeable difference I didn't think it was going to be but it really is you can really tell the difference it has a little bit more of an acoustic sound it's there's less compression in it even when pots are all the way on there's still some uh, it's still influencing the circuit so taking them out uh, really retains the acoustic nature of this instrument now in just three short days Julian Lodge's new album the layers will be released now, I saw Julian Lodge at the Fretboard Summit last summer. Mind blown on so many levels, musically, technically, but the way that he was able to just get into the moment was the thing that stood out the most. An absolute magical performer, a magical guitar player, and he has a new album coming out in just three days on the 17th. Let's go ahead and listen to a track off of that album entitled The Layers.
And one final news story for you that will actually lead us into what we're gonna talk about next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Here's a clip that was posted by Marty Schwartz. I don't know if it's his guitar, but essentially a baggage handler is getting bags off the conveyor belt, sees guitar case, and then throws said guitar case directly on the ground with zero care whatsoever. Which begs the question, how the heck do you fly with your guitar? Well, I'm happy to say that next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show, I'm gonna share with you some tips for flying with your acoustic guitar. It's a scary thing. I just did it and had the worst experience I've ever had. Plain and simple. Now, it's not as bad as it could have been, but it sucked. And I wanna share with you some things that I've done that I've seen other people do to make flying with your guitar easier. That's what's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Be sure to tune into the Acoustic Tuesday Show every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Before I let you go, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Fun should be your top priority. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers to you. Guitar Geeks Unite.